0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 7 of American Indian Graduate Center's Inspired Podcast. We are so honored to be joined by uh, Shandine Herrera, who is an AIGCS alumna. She has done some great work in and around Navajo country and across Indian country, and she is definitely um, just an inspiration to not only myself, but a lot of us throughout not only American Indian Graduate Center, but those that work in and around community impact. And so Shandine is an enrolled member of the Navajo Nation. She's recently finished her tenure as a Lead for America Hometown Fellow, where she served for two years as a policy analyst and project consultant for her home community of Monument Valley, Utah. Shandine is also a co-founder of the Navajo Hopi COVID-19 Relief Fund, which went to impact many families throughout Navajo and Hopi country um, during the the pandemic and, and continuing so. And just a few short weeks ago, she helped launch a brand new community center where she will serve as the center's director. Shandine graduated from Duke University in 2019 with a bachelor's degree in senior public policy. She has been named American Indian Graduate Center's Undergraduate Student of the Year for 2018 and a 2019 of change for the Center for Native American Youth at the Aspen Institute. She's also been named Duke University's first Native American Udall scholar and a chief Manuelito scholar. Recently, we've ex- we're excited to announce that she was also given the 2021 Changemaker Award from Duke University. So Shandine, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for um joining us and sharing space with us. So Shandin, can you go ahead and just um, you know, I know we read your bio, but would you just give us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Yat <speaking> a shendin herera yinish ni nishlin na kaifai bashishin, but any dash, but shinele, ahut out a dined za nishlin, outo at denasha. Hello, everybody. Uh, Such an honor to be here with you all. My name is Shandine Herrera. I um, reside in Monument Valley, Utah. And as Dr. Still mentioned, I'm the new director for the Tevye and Deskai Community Center. Um, this project is something I have been dreaming about for so long. So it's just really exciting to not be able to just be home right now and be proximate to my people in our land, but also provide much needed resources uh, to my community members. And um, yeah, I'm excited to share a little bit about my journey to all of you listeners, Um, hopefully you can take um, pieces of my experience and my journey and and use that as uh, inspiration or lessons learned in the work you all are doing but um, I just want to say thank you to AIGC for um, the continued support not just in my educational journey but just in life in general and helping foster um, my growth as a leader and and a community member so yeah
0: Thank you so much. And, you know, I, we know a lot of the stuff that you've done. And I know, you know, our listeners, they, they can't see you right now, but I know if they could see your face, they would know who you are just because you have been um, highlighted, not just in Indian country, but across the U.S. as well. You know, you've, you've had some incredible outlets to be able to promote Native visibility, you know, on the national level. And, you know, one of those things was being featured on Good Morning America to share the work that you've done, that community work that you did with the Navajo Hopi and you are continuing to doing with the Navajo Hopi COVID-19 Relief Fund. Um, so in that work, you, know, in your opinion, why is it so important for national outlets like Good Morning America to create space for Native representation? You know, I, I think it's,
1: so important for our communities to see ourselves represented and for someone like me, a young Dene woman um, who's able to share my own narrative and have control over the information and really my own life story. Um, I think too often on major networks, um, you know, either our people, Native people, are completely left out of the conversation. Um, or they're just completely silenced and false narratives are shared. And so I think I really lived that experience while I was a student at Duke and engaging with students from across the world and learning how little they knew about, not just my community here on the Navajo Nation, but about indigenous communities in general. Um, And, you know, they could only, talk about what they saw on media, right, Hollywood films, John Wayne, um, these, this really old perspective of our communities. And so for me, you know, that really opened my eyes, like, wow, people just don't know people, um, you know, unfortunately, our history is not told and like not told, not taught in schools. Um, And that's just trickled on over to social media, to major networks, um, and really just silencing our narrative. So, it was in college I you know really made the i think the um the decision to um utilize uh, my platforms, whatever opportunities came my way to um own my own story and and speak my truth in that of my community. um and I think there's so much empowerment that I've really gain from having agency over how I want to portray me as a Native woman, um, but how I want to portray and represent and advocate for my community. And so, yeah, on these national outlets, um, it's always an interesting experience um, when, you know, they reach out to me uh, wanting to do a story or highlight my work or whatever it might be, um, because of course the first step to that is I have to educate them on, you know, what challenges my community face and um, not just that narrative of like, you know, here's this poor reservation community that needs your help, but really like understanding the deep and the long history of injustice of our community um, and highlighting how we are rebuilding our communities. You know, I think that um, unfortunately, if people do know about um, Indigenous communities, you know, they almost feel like sorry for our people or have that vein of like, oh, like poor you. And I think having experience with those kinds of reaction, it's like, no, like my people are amazing. My people are resilient, they're innovative, they're beautiful. And so when I am on these platforms, like, yes, I wanna share the challenges, but I also want people to understand that it's the longstanding policy decisions. It's the decisions of national policymakers and leaders that have disproportionately impacted my community and all of Indian country that has, you know just <laughs> disproportionately impacted the lives we continue to live um but here also here's what we are doing to um, continue to protect our communities um, and rebuild infrastructure in the way that works for us. Um, So it's important for me to kind of have those hard conversations um, with these kinds of networks, because like, I want to make sure they portray me and my community in in a good way, in a positive way. Um, And so you know, and, and it's exciting, honestly, like once we get there and once the story gets out or the video comes out, um, I just always receive really positive feedback, not just from my immediate community members here in Monument Valley, but, um, you know, all of Indian country, because it, it really does matter. Like it's important to see representation. It's important to, um, understand and feel like your narrative is included and is valued, um, and so I definitely don't take that for granted, and I am thankful for the uh, many opportunities I've had to be an advocate on, on a greater scale.
0: Cindy, I think, you know, I, I really appreciate what you talked about in really reclaiming and owning our own agency in this, and making sure you know that our stories, you know, our, our community stories, your community story is being shared the way it needs to be shared. Cause far too often, not just in the media, but education policy, we often see that perspective of native communities coming from the deficit. We see that, you know, um, oh, look at, you know, these reservation poverty stricken places where it's no, like, yes, that's our reality, but we also, Thrive. We also have these stories. We also have these strong communities and these people that are doing the work, and so many beautiful stories that we need to share. That's not coming from um, "woe is us." It's coming from "look at us." Like we are survivors. We're still here. We are still strong. And so, being able, you know, just hearing you talk about holding that agency and being really a, the the teller of our own stories. Um, really is impactful, at least to me. And as I hear your passion, I, I can hear it coming through when you talk about the advocacy work uh, that you do with your communities and kind of those allyships and what we also call accomplices that are being built through there. And you you actually had a really, another really kind of national level opportunity um, earlier this year when you were featured on a Verizon commercial that aired during the Oscars. And you know I think I remember while, I remember seeing the commercial and just being like, wow like look at this like this is you know uh, of course you know I've, I've known you for a, a few years now and, and know your work as a, a scholar but seeing you on that platform taking again taking control of that agency and being there. And so how, you know, we talked about, we we talked about the importance of why we need to be there, but could you maybe talk about how corporations like Verizon can better serve as allies to bring and continue to bring visibility to our indigenous and native communities?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, if you asked me last year, like, hey, do you think you would ever be on a commercial during the Oscars? Um, I would have laughed and been like, no way. Like, how are they going to find me all the way out here in the middle of Monument Valley? Um, but when they did, it, it was really surreal. Um, again, just one of those situations where I was like, wow, like I have this really great opportunity to scale up my voice and scale up the work that I'm doing, um, and potentially impact, you know, thousands, if not millions of viewers. And so, you know, I, again, with that, there's always the pressure, right? Like I want to accurately portray my community and our people, um, and make sure like going in this, I do have that agency. Um, and so, you know, when I, I had to fly to Los Angeles, <laughs> um, to do this commercial and, um, when I got on set and started sharing uh, my story, um, you know, the director was flat out like, Shindine, you know, you're the first Native person we've ever worked with, right? And I was like, wow, really? And I, you know, was joking like, oh my goodness, like it took y'all until 2021 to like catch up. And he was like, yeah, like, isn't that crazy? Um, and was just sharing with sharing with me really how they, they came to um, find me really and reach out to me um, but internally at Verizon um, and I'm sure other corporations and companies are going through this process of finally realizing like okay what stories are we trying to highlight like what communities are we really trying to be impactful in because it matters and I think a lot of people are getting tired of seeing, you know, the same old thing and hearing the same old stories when, um, you know, our country is so diverse. We have so many vibrant and amazing communities. And I, I think we're finally seeing some of that shine through, right? Like we're trying to uplift all the narratives and, and, and make sure that You know, we are not, um, whether it's inadvertently or intentionally like silencing um, perspectives in in different communities. So, um, you know, that whole experience for me was um, just really surreal, very exciting, but also just like another moment of like, wow, like, you know, we're making progress, amazing, but also it's like, wow, like it's really taken this long. Um, And, you know, and I think for corporations like Verizon, I think they're learning but honestly they they have so much potential to make tremendous impact in in our communities for sure across Indian country and um I think understanding that they need to work with us and not feel like they're doing work for us is a major first step um, and that's something um, when I was meeting with you know their people like I really wanted them to understand um, because you know not only do they have like you know the name recognition um, definitely the funding um, you know but they have so much potential to really um, uplift the stories they they should be uplifting um, and so yeah like I am a huge advocate of Um, you know, big corporations and companies like taking a step back and looking at, you know, even their constituents, like people they're serving the communities they serve. And that was one thing I learned is um, with Verizon, like, you know, they had learned that in my relief work, I was the only, honestly, the only way I was able to stay connected is through my Verizon iPad. (laughs) I had one, maybe two bars sometimes, but that was enough for me to access Zoom or hop on my emails and help coordinate our relief fund. And so for them, it was like, wow, like imagine what could happen if we had more broadband access across Indian country, you know? And so for them, it was like, just like, wow how, like, what can we do? And so I think those conversations are starting to happen. Um, and it, and it's exciting. Like, I definitely have a very positive outlook on the potential we have for making these kinds of infrastructural improvements in our communities.
0: And I think, you know, that, that's a lesson that can go beyond just broadband. You know, as we think about, you know, like Verizon specific, you know, just think about if you had full bars and the work that you could have done, um, but that, I think that message is something that can go across different industries. Of you know, let's work with indigenous communities. Let's work with native communities, and we, you know, we we build a stronger community. We we build stronger allyships. We we build stronger alliances that way. Um, and you know, you you've been doing similar work like this throughout your whole collegiate, post-collegiate career, you know, Um, like we talked about before, you've you've been a leader focused on advocacy, um, working to empower, again, not just your community, but multiple communities across um, the United States. And I know that there are others out there who are listening, who are probably thinking, what can I do? Like, how can I do this work? How do I get started in this work? Um, is there any advice you can give to those listeners who are looking for opportunities to impact change, you know, both, both on a small community scale or even at a a larger national scale? Um, is there any words of wisdom or practice best practices, or as, as we said before, you know, um, what not to do when starting this work, you know, what, what's your advice to them?
1: Right. You know, I think that's so important because I've definitely had so many great mentors in my life um, and and people who've done this work before me that I really look to for guidance and, and advice. So now to be in the position where I'm the one <laughs> giving the advice um, is, is really cool to me. So, you know, I think that going back to when I was in college, um, you know, I, I would say I was definitely, you know, typical like a res kid. Like I need to get off. I need to get off the reservation. I need to get out of my community. Like I, you know, it was hard, right? Like you see your people struggling every single day and the circumstances our people deal with. And, um, I just like wanted a fresh start to be honest. And so when I went to college, you know, I was, you know, kind of keeping my head down, trying to do good in school, dealing with the culture shock of moving from a really small Navajo community to a school like Duke University. And so um, I spent the first maybe year and a half of college just um, doing a lot of like reflection and digging deep into why am I here? You know, why am I at this university? Like, what am I going to do with my degree? Um, And really ask myself, like, Who do I want to impact and how? Um, And so as I started moving through my journey, um, I found that, you know, what I really wanted to do was um, find a way to go back home and make positive impact And that's not as easy to do, right? And so it started with me finding my voice um, and then learning how impactful my voice can be and how unique my voice really is, unfortunately, because there are not a lot of Native women in the spaces um, I was entering. And so, you know, going through that personal and leadership journey through college of finding my voice, um, speaking up about things I was passionate about, um, and, you know, educating those around me, you know, I found what I was really passionate about, you know, and that's just my community. And I think for people who are coming to that um, recognition and acknowledgement um that can look like so many things right like for me i i found that i could be impactful through like policy work um through advocacy uh, and community um, and, and direct community work um but for some people maybe that's through their art maybe they will write books maybe they will be a poet um you know musician uh, maybe they want to be an engineer you know we need those here too so i think that you know, my advice is like finding what you're passionate about um, and also understanding that all of these pieces fit into our community and are needed for our community and our people to thrive. I think too often I've seen, you know, certain students or certain young people um, who feel like they don't fit in the typical like leadership position, right? Like they're not necessarily into politics or policy or law, so they feel like, okay, well, what change can I actually have then? Like that's not my field. But, you know, for me, it's like, no, we need all of it. It's like all hands on deck to rebuild our communities. And so, um, you know, I just really want people, young people to understand that, that, you know, whatever they're passionate about is important and is vital to rebuilding our communities um, to, you know, the the strength we were once were at. Um, Another thing, too, is understanding, uh, and you talked a little about this earlier, Dr. Still, but understanding the impact you could have, right? So looking at the different scales of impact, um, for me, was another pivotal moment, Um, particularly when I was working in D.C. I was an intern in Senator Tom Udall's office, and Got to see firsthand, you know, like what does the US senator do? Like what what's the day-to-day? Like, how are these like national like policymakers um, truly deciding um, you know, what funding or what legislation are that they're gonna um pass to our communities or not? And so that was my really firsthand experience, kind of experiencing um you know, how the federal government interacts with our sovereign nations. Um, And so, yeah, you were, I was like on this big scale, right? Like national stage um, in DC Um, and it was great, but I also realized that I wanted to have more of a direct impact on the lives of my community members, right? So to me, that meant starting local, starting where I live um, and, you know, trying to be, a resource for my people, but also embrace that leadership that I I know that um, my community truly needs. Um, And so made the decision to come back home after college um, and, you know, see what I could do. And so I think, you know, my advice for young people is that it's okay to come home. (laughs) I know that Growing up on the reservation, I was constantly told by teachers, mentors, counselors that you need to get off the reservation and go to college and go be successful, Um, you know, and yes that's important but it's also important to make sure our young people know like we need you to come home too we are we'll we are making space for you to come home like you are important to our communities because um and, you know it's hard for people my age um i just turned 24 this year um to come home and feel like we're a part of this community still um and and dealing with you know feeling like we're an outsider now because we left for a few years so um You know, I just want to make sure young people know that they're needed at home and that um, they can be really impactful, you know, and, and our young leaders are needed. And so, um, you know, I just encourage listeners to understand that um, and to really embrace that. Uh, and, you know, the potential is just tremendous for what our young people can do in their communities. So, um, yeah, I just I just really want to highlight that and, and let people know that, you know, the res is an awesome place to live and to be. And um, we need more people to come back home to help us rebuild
0: i couldn't say it better (laughs) i mean yes like there there's so much need and and not i'm not i don't say that as you know a bad thing i said there's so much need for us to empower our own and make sure you know I, i i agree with that make sure that we have space when we come back, and I, I think that's something our communities are finally learning and seeing. You know, uh, the next generation of leaders. You know, we made some really great strides over the last few years um, in regards to you know to visibility and empowering our communities. We've had that representation at the national level. You know, with um, AIGC alumna, Madam Secretary Deb Holland. Um, AIGC alumnus Tommy Orange, you know, of course, you know, as you were talking about, we need all different, we need policymakers, we need artists, U.S. Poet Laureate Joy Harjo, again, Representative Sharice David, um, you know, I could sit here and talk about all these, Dr. Henry Ware, who is an AIGC alumnus, um, who is now a, a prominent faculty member in North Carolina, you know, I, we could sit here and talk about all these different, empower, you know, inspiring people, you, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I put you up there with, with uh, those national, those national leaders because of what you've done and the work that you're doing and the work that you're continuing to do. And you know, to hear, you know, you just turned 24. You know, I, this this to me was is the epitome of of what we started this for is to hear those stories, to be inspired, to be inspired to make change. But we also know that the work's not done. We also know there's a lot of work that still needs to be done and there needs to be work that needs to be continued on. And so my last question is just what advice or suggestions or uh, words of wisdom or mandates do you have for both our allies and our own communities to continue this just just great momentum that's been created in representation, visibility, um, and just equity for Native people.
1: Yeah! Wow! Always an honor to be put up there with Madam Secretary Deb Holland. Um, but you know what I immediately thought of while you were talking was when I got to meet um, uh, Madam Secretary Deb Holland, and at the time she was a representative in the House, and um, through Center for Native American Youth, we were able to visit with her and just was so surreal to like be in her office (laughs) in the house. And, you know, the first thing she said to me, you know, as I got to talk with her was, um, we're just getting started. You know, she was like, it, we've made tremendous progress, but you know, like this is just the beginning. Um, so, you know, those words have stuck with me. Um, and you know, looking at not just my work, but the different um, strides different communities across Indian Country have made, it, it's so exciting. But I always remind myself, like this is just the beginning. Like, you know, we have so much more to do, um, and it's really. A really great moment to um, continue that momentum building. And, you know, in terms of words of wisdom um, and advice, really, I think it comes down to being intentional. And what I mean by that is, you know, for our Native people, um, and whether you're living in your Indigenous community or not, like being intentional about you know, what path you're on and how this contributes to, um, you know, your community directly, indirectly. Um, and all of that is okay, right? Like, it's just to acknowledge, you know, how, how you are continuing to build yourself up, build your community up, um, and continue to work towards prosperity. Um, and I think for allies, Um, Being intentional about asking yourself tough questions, you know, like whose land am I on? How am I benefiting from the displacement of Indigenous people? How am I benefiting, um, you know, from the awful policies that are in place that make it so I have really great potable running, even though 30% of the Navajo Nation lacks running water in their homes you know asking these questions because then I think people can personalize it right and put a face to it because it's so easy to feel like you know oh that's a problem in a different community I have nothing to do with it Uh, a common thing you hear right it's like oh like that was my ancestors that were wilding out like it wasn't me not my fault not my problem Um, but I think that when you really get down to it, like, yeah, you are involved in some way, shape, or form. I um, and it's understanding that and being intentional to, um, you know, not necessarily fix those wrongs, but like just do better going forward and making sure like you're, um, you know, helping communities that you have benefited from their wrongdoing even. Um, and so, you know, uh, I just like did a, a presentation about this a few weeks ago to the Lead for America um, Hometown Fellowship um, because you know they asked a similar question, like, what can we do? And, you know, as them, as a national nonprofit, like, how can they help, you know, whether it's Native students or Native communities? Um, and my answer was like, you know, you don't have to travel all the way to the Navajo Nation to feel like you're making a change. Um, You know, there are indigenous communities everywhere. Like you're on native land right now. And you know, the first step is recognizing that. Um, And in in also learning how, whether in your personal life or professional life, like, how are you impacting Native people? Because you are, in a way, it might not be a whole Native community, but, you know, so I really just encourage people to be intentional, like, learn about the communities that they're in, the history of those communities, um, learn about you know the challenges that you know their neighbors face um, and and how they could use their expertise or their life experience to um, be impactful because I think we all have potential to be impactful on any scale that we want to be Um, so you know while it's super exciting we're getting this representation um, and building on it um, you know (laughs) we're just getting started. Um, and so there there is so much room for growth, for education, for um, building back better. And so, you know, I, I just, I guess my overall suggestion is to just recognize your place in your community in, in, in this country and, you know, have you benefited from some of these past wrongdoings. And, and what can you do to, you know, lend a hand and um, be impactful? Um, because, you know, it's going to take, all of us to um, ensure that our communities thrive.
0: And I know our listeners can't see us, but if if you could, you could see all of our heads just nodding up and down in agreeance with what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I think I think those are are powerful words when we when we think about everything that we've talked about this season and everything that you've you've brought up. Um, just in this short time that, that we've set and shared space together, um, you know, we're just beginning. The work's just beginning. Yeah, we, we've done a lot, we've, we've come a long way, but I, and to me, even when I say that and I think about that, I, I get excited because I get excited to, to see what's, what is this next work gonna produce? what is this you know what is the work that pe- people like you are doing and you know we know this is going on in our communities across the country that aren't being highlighted and when the the fruits of this labor come come to fruition i can't wait to see what that's going to be cuz you know that to me that's that's the epitome of community, working together to lift each other up, going out and finding these different skill sets and knowledge bases, and coming home and making sure that that our communities are taken care of too. And I just want to thank you so much for your words. Thank you for sharing space. Thank you for. Um, the work that you are doing, you continue to do, um, and the representation that you provide for not just your your own community, but for all of Indian people. So thank you, Shandy. And with that, to all our listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Please join us next week for our season finale. Until then, this is your host, Dr. Corey Still. What up?